0: I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Send me, Lord. I am yours. Welcome am to the Gospel-Centered Lord. Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about what to do if a mom that you thought chose life turned back on that decision and had an abortion. How do you minister to them? Stay tuned. Send me Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us, and we would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast with others. Let it be a blessing to them. If it's a blessing to you, if it's not, then let us know. If these podcasts have not been a blessing, we've covered subjects that have no application to you, then please reach out and let us know what subjects we can cover that could apply to you, that would help you. But we trust, um, because we've gotten some positive feedback Mm -hmm. with these episodes, Mm Mm-hmm. I have been a blessing, and we're trying to answer questions that people have, and we're trying to cover subjects that really come on our radar from our counselors, from our missionaries across the nation, from our local counselors, from ourselves and our own experiences as things come up. Yep. We pretty much, you know, you you get to write an article, mm-hmm. and then we talk through it, mm-hmm. and then we do a podcast based yeah. on it. So that's yeah. what this is for. That's what the foundation of this podcast episode it is, is
1: from. It, it is. It's one of our missionaries that contacted us and was in the situation we're going to talk about today and said, I just don't know how to handle this. Yeah. What should I do?
0: Yeah. So jumping right into it, mm-hmm. what is that situation?
1: Well, she had counseled a woman who chose life. Okay. Counseled her extensively for quite a, it sounds like for a few weeks, in fact. Okay. And the woman was very committed to life, going to church and everything. And then all of a sudden chose to go have an abortion. Wow. And I don't think she told them until after she had had the abortion. And so that missionary, there were two real issues. First of all, her own anger, grief. Yeah. She said she felt betrayed. She said she just wanted to condemn and scream she was yeah. she was hurt she was angry she knew that would not be the proper response but but that was where she was emotionally sure. she had poured into this woman and on the other hand she was thinking well what now where where do you go now do you just yeah. stop contact with this woman what's what should we do yeah. as a gospel centered pro-life ministry
0: yeah well first and foremost i'll say it might be easy to kind of look at the success stories and think that all the stories that we have are success stories. We right. talked about that as we we talked about I think dealing with discouragement and, mm-hmm. and when success is not always successful. I think there's some. Mm-hmm. some <laughs> it's been, been a while back since we did that. We talked a little bit about this, but this yeah. this experience is a reality that you're going to deal with. It is yes, if you're out there, babies are going to be saved, lives are going to be changed, praise God. But people. Even if they choose life, if they don't surrender their lives to Jesus, mm-hmm. still are sinners mm-hmm. and they're still tempted to go back on that decision. So right. the the fact that a woman chose life in that moment does not always solidify that choice right? and does not always mean that she's not going to turn back. That's why we talk so much about discipleship and getting them plugged into a mentor, yeah. a mentorship program, get them plugged into a church because we want to surround them with the body of Christ and be really um, with them and walk with them so that when the devil comes with his lies, when the boyfriend who pressured her to have the abortion comes back around with his lies, then we can help squash those lies with the truth of God and remind them that we're here for them, remind them of their choice for life.
1: Right. And one of the things, another little um, addition to the story was the woman then if I, did admit, yes, she had aborted and kind of put on fake grief. It yeah. was like but it was it was sad but it was really for the best. Right. And so going back then as though none of the counseling at all had sunk in. Right. No, this is not for the best. Killing your baby is not for the best and you knew that. Um so it was part of what that missionary that talked with me was grappling with was there's no remorse, yeah, and that added to the anger. That, yeah. uh, there yeah. was fake remorse, right? It, it was not. It was more it was, like
0: a, a, a worldly sorrow. That's right. It's more like a human just regret. Yeah, I regret that I. I, I regret that I made a good decision for myself. It's like it well, that is, doesn't even it's, make it's, sense, I, I, right? I
1: know it. It didn't. There's not and
0: a godly sorrow. There's not a true repentance.
1: Yeah. Now, um, and so. We, we thought about this. We talked yeah. about this. And, and we wrote an article about this. But um, but one of the things that I know is true because I've done a little bit of research about it – well, a lot of research about it actually – is that post-abortive women, the overwhelming initial response is relief. Yeah. And that can last a year, maybe even more. Yeah, And what's interesting is so many of the um, pro-choice studies about abortion, post-abortion, say the women feel relief. They don't suffer from abortion. Right. But if you look at those studies, most of them are very short-term following right. the abortion. They're not long-term follow-up studies. And the longer that a woman is from that act, it seems that the remorse grows. The grief grows. The recognition of what they did grows, especially if they had had no children, and then they have children. And there comes then crashing down on them what they really did. Or if they come, like in my situation, from no faith to coming to faith, and then the recognition of what you did. So... What our missionary was asking is a very important question, and I think that there are strategies. There are things we can and should do. But I think it's important to understand that dynamic. Most of these women really do just feel relief. And it's going to be difficult to bring them past that to from – well, the Bible talks about going from worldly grief to godly grief. Yeah. And to a repentance that leads to to salvation. When
0: when we – oversimplify things, and this is what I have seen in some of the pro-abortion studies and statements uh, that talk about women don't regret abortions is they oversimplify human emotions. yeah and they imagine or at least try to try to pretend like it's true that you can't have relief and regret at the same time mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. certainly can and we know yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, even just simply like buyer's remorse is one of those mm-hmm. things where you, you have relief that you've bought this thing you've always wanted, and then you got remorse because – Now you got to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, why did I spend that money? Right? right? So just practically speaking, relief and regret can, be, can really happen at the same time yeah. alongside of each other. Yeah. And so I will agree with pro-aborts. Do women feel relief? I, I won't say all women feel relief because we know that's not to be true. Some like of them we
1: see immediate regret, oh, yeah. but it's probably more the exception. Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Um, But just to imagine then that, I mean, I would say in one sense, that woman who feels uh, overwhelming regret Mm -hmm. probably feels a little bit of relief. Mm -hmm. And maybe by that same token, that woman that feels maybe overwhelming relief Mm -hmm. likely feels a little bit of regret. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that that has actually borne out in my experience. Mm -hmm. And even what you're talking about with this young lady, Mm -hmm. it seems to be the case with her, because after all, if it was just relief and abortion was no big deal why is she trying to justify it? Right. You know, why is she? Why is she saying things like, "Well, I know it was not the right decision, but it's for the yeah. best." Yeah. We know what she's doing is yeah. she's trying to convince herself that what she did was okay, that it mm-hmm. wasn't wrong, and uh, but even with that convincing, like we're not convinced. We we know that it's wrong, and right. you know that it's wrong, which is why you're saying something to the effect of, "God will forgive me anyway." Because yeah. that's what you hear a lot of times too. It is God's going to forgive me. It is if and it's not
1: sin, what is He forgiving you of? Exactly, exactly. And so, um, first, first of all, help that counselor to work through her feelings, which yeah. are very valid. She yeah. has been betrayed in a sense. This this woman made some sort of a, if not a promise, a kind of a commitment. The yeah. counselor at Porter her heart in into that little baby and so it is natural to to be hurt to be angry to feel like what happened yeah why did you do this um but i don't think that's where i don't know how much of that is is a good idea to share with the mom maybe some maybe some would be okay to share with her
0: i've had those situations i know you have too yeah and in a lot of ways, you've poured your life out for them, and you've dug for resources for them. You've—they've mm-hmm. cried on your shoulder, mm-hmm. not on your telephone, right? They've right. got—they've got things that you've talked with them through. You've kind of built a relationship and a friendship, right? right. And it is, in one sense, a betrayal, or it could be mm-hmm. if you've built that relationship over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think to voice that is not a bad mm-hmm. thing, yeah. And and really, I think it could bring. That that real sense of conviction that, you know what, this is a big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As and, and it of course it should not be all about the counselor. It it, it should be about the baby, of course, what she yeah. did, the, the the but it is it is a a an affront yeah. to, to the counselor who has has befriended her, and I know when it has happened to me, if I do have a relationship, I can with this eighteen year old I've been counseling forever. She's due now in a month. I don't know what I'm going to talk about when she finally has the baby because she's so of so many of my stories. But um, there were many many periods of time when. We'd been friends now. I'd been counseling her hours and hours a day, really, for months. Yeah. We're then at like 20 weeks, she said she was going to go aboard. And my response was, um, I would call it righteous anger at yeah. that point. I I really gave very hard truths yeah. without really any holds barred uh, yeah. because I, I felt like, Okay, I've been nice,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've played I've, the nice girl. Now it's time to lay down. But and go um,
1: you know, and I had said everything yeah. so many times, and there comes the point that you just really need, I think, to um, to bring home the point: what you're about to do, or what you have done, if you've gone through with it, is sin. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: well, um, I want to say before we jump into some of the the. I guess, in depth about this conversation. There's a couple of ways this could play out. And particularly the angle we're coming from, because this is the experience of the missionary that you're talking about, is you've built a long-term relationship. Like she chose life one day, and then you've walked with her. You've followed up with her. You've tried to connect her with a mentor. You've built some kind of relationship over the course of weeks, Mm -hmm. and then she turns back. But it can also take place in the moment, actually, at the abortion center, where you've poured everything out you could – You've taken them on board the mobile ultrasound unit or you've taken them to a pregnancy center. And then you see the next day they've come right back to the abortion center. So we've had those situations yeah. as well. Yeah. So how do you deal with that And when yeah. you see them? And I'm, I'm recalling a situation where this happened not terribly long ago yeah. where we poured out to this mother and we helped her. When we showed her all the resources, all the things that were available to her, every issue, situation she was facing, there was an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Every reason to choose life. She chose life in that particular day, and then a couple of days later, she comes back. Mm-hmm. And actually, I saw her going in, and she actually <laughs> hid behind one of the posts out in front of the Latrobe Abortion Center. There's like these columns, and right. she hid behind that
1: to hide because, from you, yeah, to hide from me. Yeah, she was ashamed.
0: She was ashamed, mm-hmm. and she apparently went in with the abortion, went in and had the abortion, and she's driving out of the abortion center after having had the abortion like how do you deal with that so yeah it could be a long-term thing it could be a short-term thing yeah. what do you say because mm-hmm. we want to have this balance between grace and truth that we talk about right and we in, in a sense in our righteous indignation we want to lay the hammer down and say you wicked person look what you did yeah but also we know that's not going to be helpful right, right? that's not going to be helpful at all for us just to kind of unleash all of our anger but it's also not going to be helpful for us to just say it's no big deal. Oh, I'm sorry you made that mistake. So, yeah. What is helpful? God loves How do you we, anyway. Yeah. Don't
1: say that. Just that, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, just right off. Don't say that. God loves you anyway, because then you've just made an allowance for sin. Is you that have, true? You can say you a true have. thing in a wrong time right. and it'd be taken completely in right. a direction God never right. intended it to.
1: Right. So. Of course, the best place in my opinion to go to answers, because I wrestled with this. We yeah. all wrestle with this. It's not easy and, and don't don't get me wrong, even as we give you these pointers. It doesn't make it easy. It's not easy. right. but I, I I went to the Bible and um and thought, okay, is there any situation in the Bible where someone who is supposedly doing the right thing, a righteous human being, who turns to sin then, Letting down all those around him, yeah, and then um, someone confronts him, and I thought of the story of David and Bathsheba, sure, and Nathan, yeah, Nathan was amazing in in how he confronted David in uh, in the aftermath of the sin with with Bathsheba and the mur- murder of Bathsheba's husband Uriah. So what, um, basically, what what this is in, by the way, Second Samuel twelve. Okay. It's for all of you that maybe want, I wasn't going to read the the whole thing, although maybe we should. But um, Nathan tells David, he, he knows what's happened with Bathsheba. And Bathsheba is now pregnant with David's child. And Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, has been put in the front line so that he will be killed on purpose by David to cover the sin. And then David... Takes Bathsheba into his home, as his wife. And so Nathan is outraged. Um, and he, the way he deals with it is he tells us a story yeah. to David. Great story about a, a poor man who owns one lamb, I think. Yeah. And the, um, the family
0: pet lamb. Family pet
1: lamb. It was very precious. And I can't remember who the person in power was. Was it a king? Someone no, that it was comes... just a, a rich man, or a rich there man, was a poor man that in, lived, yeah. not far from him, and yeah. okay, in a position of power, yeah, and he takes the poor man. He was in
0: a p- position of of, um, you know, he was a rich guy. He didn't need the lamb, but he yeah. took the poor man's lamb, yeah, because he had a visitor come, even though he had lambs of his own. And of course, yeah. the analogy is that you know David had plenty of he had, a, he had women so many and wives, wives already and all of that. <laughs> right. Why would you go and take someone else's
1: right? So he tells this story yeah. and doesn't say anything about, you know, doesn't even use that the rich man was a king or something to make it real obvious. He right. just tells this story and David is outraged and mm-hmm. and um and, and says that this rich man must be severely punished. How could he do this? How could yeah. he take from the poor guy who had just this one little lamb? How could he take that when he had so much? And Nathan then says that man is you. Yeah. And that was... points the finger. Points the finger, that man is you. Doesn't, you know, pour out anger or name-calling, just that simple statement, that man is you. Yeah. And that convicts David powerfully. So Nathan used um, a principle that Jesus uses. And I think we could use um frequently and i think we do actually in ministry and that is the power of story yeah and parallel stories analogies yeah, analogies, yeah those are so powerful now we might not be able to come up with it i mean this was brilliant i, sure. I thought yeah, what I nathan came was. up
0: with i think it was inspired by the lord
1: inspired by god so we you know yes can we be inspired by god in dealing with the women i'm of course we can um but there are certainly uh testimonies that, that we can share that maybe can help that woman to recognize yeah. what she has done, the depth of of what she has done. Maybe um, further humanizing and personalizing maybe what that baby went yeah. through or yeah. what that baby has missed out on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, given the proper scenario, sharing this very story yeah. with a mom – Yeah. Who has had an abortion and has not felt the conviction of it. Yeah. And then going right to Psalm 51, which I believe is the outflow of this story of David, of his brokenness and contrition before the Lord for his sin. When Nathan points the finger and says, that guy is you. Right. Right. David breaks down in repentance in Psalm 51. Yeah. You guys can read that. Um, But I believe that's David's song of repentance to God. You're right. Against you and you alone have I sinned and none one is evil in your sight. That's what he says in Psalm 51.
1: Yeah. And and going through that psalm with a mom and helping her to recognize she clearly sinned against the child. But ultimately that sin was against God himself and in rebellion against God. And I think
0: that is – the important thing that we're aiming at when we're looking for... Because what are we looking for? We're looking for repentance. Right. We're not just looking for sorrow. We're not just looking for tears. Listen, people cry tears for all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But we're looking for godly sorrow. We're looking for what it says in Psalm 51, what David said, Yeah, is that they acknowledge that they sinned against God. And I think it's important for us in these conversations. And we can do it graciously. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we... You have to be led of the Holy Spirit, and you have to do the best you can to discern. I can't give you an exact formula of when you lay down the hammer or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Let the, let the Scripture do its work. Mm-hmm. Share them. Share with them Psalm fifty one. If they're coming back to you for whatever reason, you have to ask yourself: If this young lady had an abortion and it was no big deal, and she's wanting to move on with her life, why is she even reaching back out to the council? Right. Right. Why is she even re- responding? Because you would think she right. would just. You know, block her and, and go on their life Some of them do. Some, some of, of them, them do
1: do that. So right. to
0: me, I think either divinely inspired or just inspired by our own conviction and look grasping for something. She reached back out to this this counselor, back out to this missionary. Right. But I think in those situations, shoot this scripture over to him. Mm-hmm. Just please read Psalm fifty one. That's yeah. all I'm asking for you. You know, yeah. Just let the scripture do its work. You don't have to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Let a let the scripture be the good guy that brings the bad the the i want to say the bad truth
1: yeah. but
0: the uh the reality of yeah. their accountability to God and let right. let the holy spirit do his job
1: right i i think um, in counseling counselors that go through that it it would be good to help them to to be able to state what is their hope yeah. of what they are going to achieve with this woman at this point, right? And so, as you know, as Nathan's hope was ultimately restoration, yeah. of, of David back to God. Um, but he then he did go on in that story about he did tell him there are consequences. You will not die, yeah. You will not die, but the baby will, yeah. He was very honest about that, and um, but, yeah. And I
0: think what he's saying there is that basically. He's helping David to understand, and I think this is part of what broke David down, Right? is your sin has an effect on other people. Do you understand that your sin just affected an innocent person? Now, we can get into the theological discussion about, I mean, God's not into killing babies. So how does that work that God... Cause this baby to die or was there some sickness Did the devil do it and God allow it? I, listen, I don't want to get into all of that. Like, that's maybe yeah, for another yeah, podcast yeah. or for another whole, <laughs> somebody else to do that podcast and <laughs> episode about that. Um But the fact is David was in some measure, at least a soft hearted guy. And David was a guy after justice. I mean, look at the story of David and Goliath. He comes out on the battlefield there and here's this, this Goliath mocking the children of God and mocking God himself, and David's like, because he's a man that wants justice, who's doing something about this uncircumcised Philistine, yeah. right? This yeah. This is unjust. He's speaking against the living God. Is there not a cause, right? Yeah. And so Nathan, and God through Nathan, plays on that, yeah. your sense of justice. And you can play on that with these mothers and help them to understand that what they've done is an unjust thing. They just took the life of another human being
1: yeah, and they're
0: guilty before God for it.
1: Well, as you were saying that, and actually it didn't even occur to me, which is kind of crazy till you said that, but this is exactly a perfect story because the result of the sin of David and, well... Bathsheba, but Bathsheba was possibly forced into it. But of David, was a baby dies. Yeah, that was the consequence, and that's exactly what happens in an abortion. The sins of the mother and the father's usually has led to the death of an innocent human being. Yeah, so it might be a really, really good um, story to to share with them. Yeah, um, absolutely. But
0: now, I will say this, that I don't I don't know that you talk about this in this article mm-hmm. necessarily, but I do want to talk just for a second to the counselor yeah. and, and to them emotionally. Yeah. Because what can happen in those situations? And I'm sure that's what happened with our missionary that you're talking about. I know it's happened to you. It's happened yeah. to me. It's happened to everyone who's been involved in these kind of situations where you you've, a mom has chosen life, praise God, things are moving forward, and she turns back on it. You begin to beat yourself up. And the devil begins to play tricks in your mind. Oh, you should have did this, you shouldn't have did that, Mm -hmm. you should have said this, you should have said that. Mm -hmm. Um you're not good enough to be out there because if you were, they wouldn't have went back on their decision for life, or you whatever. You didn't use the right scripture. You did what who who knows? Mm -hmm. There's lies come across your your mind and in your heart. And the whole idea and the whole intention, I believe, from the devil is to discourage you and to get you off of mission, right? Right. Right. So I just mm-hmm. want to encourage you guys who who listen, if you're out there, you're probably going to deal with this at some point. And if you've already dealt with this, I want to encourage you. You can never say everything just right. You can never do everything just right. We live in a fallen world, we're fallen human beings. So to try to put a weight on yourself that God doesn't put, because God doesn't put the weight on you, the burden on you to say everything exactly right all the time. What does God put on us? He puts on us, sow seeds and water seeds. That's right. right? Plant seeds. That's 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 the best you can do. You literally cannot plant a seed and force that seed to come out of the ground, right? That's, I believe, why the analogy is there in Scripture, that we're planting seeds, because there's nothing you can do to make that seed grow. Yep except for putting water on it. But you mm-hmm. even if you put water on it, it's no promise it's going to grow, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. up to that seed mm-hmm. and it's up to the Lord. So we have to leave these situations in the hands of the Lord. We right. have to say, okay, I've done my due diligence. I've done the best I can. Could you have said things better? Sure, you always can. In our, you know, you've been doing this for eight years. I've been doing this for 15 years. I still, from time to time, Go back and even conversations where a mom has chosen life. I go back and think, man, why did I say that? I should have said this and and try to beat myself up on, on right. what I did and what yeah. I didn't do. Don't do that, guys. Don't beat yourself up. Just trust the Lord. Ultimately, again, you're planting seeds. Trust the Lord that he'll give the increase and that the words that you said, even though she didn't choose life on that particular day, mm-hmm. maybe she turned back on her decision for life on that particular day, but down the road. Those seeds that you've sown and the truth that you've spoken, God's word doesn't return void, it's going to have some kind of effect.
1: It will. And and that goes for not only the initial discussions that you had where she chose life, that you're planting seeds, but the same is true with the discussions you're going to have her after she has aborted. And yep. you're trying to figure out what to say again it's going to be difficult, and you may not say everything perfectly. But just remember, you are planting seeds. And I think I may have mentioned this recently in a in one of our uh, podcasts recently. It, it did just happen, uh, just I think it was last week, maybe the week before, where a mom had aborted. Um, she every okay. I'm not sure I've talked about this, but one of our counselors, Mary Beth, had poured into this mom. And the mom had even gone to um the pregnancy resource center that works with us. She had seen her baby, she she had gotten all the resources, she was excited, she had chosen life and then turned around and aborted. And Mary Beth beat herself up. Yeah. The the sonographer at help. Monroe beat herself up. They all yeah. they all felt, oh, what could we have done? What did we do wrong? Those, you know, all that stuff. Devastated. Yeah. And that mom showed up again um, just a, a week ago, two weeks ago, and looking for us because she remembered she was pregnant again, in an unplanned pregnancy again, again, abortion vulnerable. Yeah. But this time she said, I'm going to let you help me. And she expected anger. Yeah, and um, and the same sonographer Kelly was the one that happened to be there. Yeah. the day that she returned, and Kelly um, just poured love into her, showed her her baby. Um, I was the counselor, and um, she said, "Thank you so much for for giving me a second chance." Yeah. So she had been convicted um, from even though she had gone back and, and aborted. The relationship that was established and the seeds that were planted brought her back to us with the next pregnancy. Yeah. And um, and again. That's a
0: testimony to exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But even given that scenario, mm-hmm. she received love, right? Mm-hmm. But when we say that. Most people are thinking she received love. That means we were just nice to her. Okay.
1: Now I want to tell you what she received. So, because that is, I know where you're going. That's what
0: modern Christians mean. that is so. When when they say, we need to speak the truth in love.
1: Right. What what most modern
0: Christians, just be nice. Let's just just be nicey. Right. Right. And listen, Jesus, in a lot of ways, I was sharing this before we started the podcast. Yeah. Jesus was not nice. Right. But if we ask ourselves, did Jesus love the Pharisees? He loved them with a with a deep love. He wept yeah. over Jerusalem and their obstinance, and, and he loved them, and he spoke the truth to them. Now, yeah. I'm not saying these women are Pharisees, but what I am saying is that to show love is not always to be nice, nicey-nice, but it is to show the kindness of the Lord, which leads us to repentance and to bring the truth to bear like right. the reality of what they've done so right so
1: sure. so when she when she came on and um I didn't hear about the prior abortion till near the end okay. of, of the session so clearly she was not proud of it not not happy about it knew knew it was sin and when she re- revealed that then I'm up for Sharing the gospel, it's kind of they've done the medical stuff. I've shared the resources, made sure she knew that no matter where she stood with God, it didn't affect whether we would help her. But um, shared the gospel, and um, and she had made a comment along the lines of, at that time, I had to do what I did yeah. with the abortion. So her heart had not yet been changed, really, right. regarding— the sin of what she had done and that was the first thing that i talked about then before sharing the gospel was um, the humanity of that baby all the things the baby would never know and some pretty hard truths i spoke it kindly sure. uh, with a tone of voice that wasn't angry but um but i wanted her to i wanted her to come to say it was wrong you're right it was sin against against that baby and against God and she did yeah. and she ultimately I can't remember there was a whole slew of women fortunately during that time period that that came um uh to the Lord and I can't remember if she was one of them I think she was um but she she clearly left with a greater understanding of the sin of of abortion right. and when I when I said no matter what you face in the future if you were to have an unplanned pregnancy, first of all you shouldn't uh because you're not going to have sex outside of marriage anymore, right? But but if you were is is abortion ever um a valid option and she said no. Yeah. No and she she was very sorrowful. Yeah. At the, at that point.
0: When we talk about healing and when we talk about restoration and yeah. we, we we talk about salvation. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that ultimately healing, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. These steps to healing,
1: yeah,
0: Um, healing doesn't happen to people that don't realize that they're not healed, right? They don't they 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 need need healing. healing. It's like you know Ray Comfort, who we we use his model of sharing the gospel, which is I believe the biblical model of sharing the gospel, which is uh, Jesus's way of sharing the gospel, sharing the reality of of why he came, yeah. Um, and you know Ray Comfort talks about if you go into the doctor's office and, you know, the doctor doesn't talk about, you know, you've got blue spots on your face and you've got horns growing <laughs> out of your head. And the doctor talks about everything else but those symptoms that you have outwardly and doesn't talk about the actual problem, uh-huh. then he's not doing you any good, right? Right. The, right? The doctor has to talk about the symptoms of sickness. He has to talk about also The consequences of not dealing with this sickness. Mm -hmm. So, if you have this sickness with blue spots on your face and horns Mm -hmm. growing out of your head, that's not the example that Ray Comfort gives, but it's something to that effect. Yeah. Um, If you show, if you continue in this with this disease and don't take this cure, um, people are likely to take the cure. And so, that's why we talk about sharing the gospel. But before that, sharing the law, right?
1: That's right. Really
0: sharing the truth that you're sick and you need a healer. Yeah. And that healer is Jesus, you're sick and you need a physician, his name is Jesus. Yeah, and they're and not going to get the sick.
1: idea why they need that. And in your little doctor analogy, it'd be like the doctor going up to him and not talking about the disease at all and just saying, let me cut open your stomach to pull, <laughs> yeah. to pull out your intestines and remove a portion of them. And you're like, what? No way. Yeah. Because you have no idea that there is something on your intestine that is going to kill you, that right, cancer yeah. or whatever. And so you can't bring the remedy before they know there's an illness, yeah, there's right. a sickness, yeah. there's, and that sickness is sin.
0: Yeah, and especially when we're dealing with a woman that's had an abortion, right. if we talk about everything else, yeah. but we don't talk about abortion, then we're not talking about the thing that ultimately before God brings her guilt, right? That's why she's come to us, and that's why we've connected with her in right. light of her pregnancy, because that's what we're out there doing. We're talking about reaching out to women who are right. pregnant going into the abortion right. center. Right. Um, So if we talk about everything else but that abortion, then we're like a doctor that's talking about everything else, but that cancer that he can see very plainly is going to destroy that person's life. Yeah.
1: And the same is true of sexual impurity um, is is you can't just dance around that issue when you're dealing with um, women coming for an abortion because most of them are in some sort of um, sexual um, sin. Yeah. And if you don't address that, then they'll just be back. Again, that is a major part of why people are showing up for abortions. Oh, yeah. they, and so the, it, yeah, ha, it has Yeah, if sex outside
0: to, of marriage wasn't a thing, then abortion would not be a thing. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. If you yeah. look at the statistics, the overwhelming majority of people that come to abortion centers are committing sexual sin. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk
0: about these steps to healing. Yeah. Then. Yeah. The first step, mm-hmm. like we talked about, is the conviction of sin. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit, that's what his job is. Mm-hmm. Jesus says that the Spirit comes to convict the world concerning sin, mm-hmm. righteousness, and judgment. Mm-hmm. What's the Holy Spirit doing? For the Christian, he's bringing comfort. But for the sinner, for the world, he's bringing the conviction of sin, to convict yeah. the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So just this idea that we need to to dance around the issue of abortion, that we need to be nice and not talk about it is a false notion. We need to be plain. We need to be kind. That is mm-hmm. a fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Niceness is not a fruit of the spirit. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a worldly perversion of, of, uh, of kindness, I think. And kindness sometimes leads to us being a, you know, a little forthright and mm-hmm. a little outwardly might appear as being kind of mean or snarky or whatever. It's not our motivation, Motivation is kindness. We want to be kind yeah. to them by telling them, "You got cancer," right? And in this situation, your sin, the cancer, is abortion. Right. We need to deal with that, and we need to really plainly lay it out. Mm-hmm. Why is abortion sin? It's not sin because it's a it's it's a bad medical decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not sin just because the doctors that do it are bad people. That's true, but it's not just sin because of that. It's sin because that baby is made in God's image. Loved and known by him, and that baby has been mercilessly mercilessly killed by what you did, by your involvement in the abortion of your son or your daughter. And I think that's important for them to know.
1: Very important, and I love how you stated it. I, I hear all the time out there, please stop. You're making her feel bad. Right. And my response is... That's good. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> because mean, Someone's killing should, another
0: person. They should feel bad. She
1: should feel bad. That's all, all. always my response. She should feel bad. What she's doing is evil, wrong, sinful against God, against that child, even against herself. Because that's not what a woman is designed to do. And yeah. it will destroy a part of her yeah. to do that. So conviction of sin. Yeah. That's number one.
0: Right. Yeah. And how do we bring the conviction of sin? Just very simply. We... Like we shared, Psalm 51, that's a good way to start. Um,
1: scripture is a great start. Scripture,
0: yep. laying out the the humanity, the biblical case of the humanity of that mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. Likely, if she's already broken in some sense, there's no sense in adding insult to injury. So if she's already right. weeping, she's already bawling, she's already acknowledged her sin, likely the Holy Spirit's already done that. Mm-hmm. And all you've got to do is just you know a few maybe statements that can kind of reiterate the Holy Spirit's conviction. If he's yeah. done that work again, it's his job to do that. Then we don't need to add more to that, but right. we do need to be sure that there's a true conviction of sin yeah. and not just a like a worldly sorrow, like we talked about and just, you know, I'm sorry, I disappointed you because that can happen right. sometimes. Right, where they're sad because not because they offended God, but because they disappointed you, and you were really yeah. nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> You're really kind to them. At I actually one point. do hear
1: that a lot. Yeah, that's what their true sorrow is. There was a in conviction of sin. There was a, a a man today who stopped who had an abortion decades ago, um, and he was asking me, you know, what was going on here, and he he said that he he had you know been a part of an abortion um, many years ago, and that ultimately. They broke up, and then she committed suicide. Oh wow! And um, and he said, not a day goes by that I don't think of it, um, but I'm I'm grateful that I never really pushed her to the abortion. We both agreed to it.
0: Yeah, right. And so I, his, I, did, I did.
1: say, um, I you know I I I told him my story, and I said, I it really y- you've carried this burden for decades. You will never release this burden until you recognize that abortion, the abortion was wrong. It was it was sin. It was sin yeah. against a holy God. But but God does long to heal you, but that's the first step in healing. I just came right out and said, that is the first step in healing you. You have to understand what you did was wrong. And he was very gracious. He actually did listen to the whole thing. He didn't come to the Lord or anything. I shared the whole gospel. Um but um, but he did thank me, yeah. and he, and he took a tract, a little book of John, which um, he said he would read. But that so yet, um, um, just being, I think, of in scripture is great. But sometimes just coming right out and saying it is is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so I'm, I want to kind of knock through these as quick as we can because we're okay. we're sort of running out of time on okay. recording this. But I want to get to this last part of the podcast. Okay. Uh, So the steps of healing of conviction of sin, sorrow for sin, they need to be sorry, not just that they were caught in their sin, but they've sinned against God. Yeah. Repentance. Now, repentance is not just sorrow. Repentance is actually turning away from sin. Yeah. Turning away happens in the heart. Mm -hmm. It also happens with our hands, our feet, all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, calling out to God for forgiveness and healing. Now, I want you to touch on that real quick because we, when we share the gospel, whether it's a mom who's chosen life for her baby or even a mom who's had an abortion, mm-hmm. we we do aim for a. Uh, somebody might call it like an invitation. A sinner's prayer. We're not trying Mm -hmm. to get them to pray after me, but talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, in terms of out, I think when when David calls out in Psalm fifty one, he's calling out to God. He has repented, and he's saying, "God, cleanse me, make me clean again, restore me to a right relationship with you." And and so, calling out to God for forgiveness and healing means that you have recognized what you've done. You have turned from what you've done, and you truly want a restored relationship with God. You recognize that it has been disrupted by your sin. And this is the point we make such a big deal about, you don't mention forgiveness too soon. Yeah. But there is a point at which forgiveness is to know that they can be forgiven, but forgiven does come with um, a price. I mean, forgiveness is, is, um, is not unconditional. Yeah. Forgiveness must be preceded by repentance. You know, the, I've, I've really thought a lot about a forgiveness. And um, uh, one of the verses that is quoted all the time to Christians, we are a forgiving people. We need to be a forgiving people. And they say, forgive, well, Jesus says, forgive as the Lord forgave you, as yeah. God forgave you. But God's forgiveness, his forgiveness is offered to all through the cross, I mean, yeah. it's open to all, but it's never, never, we're never reconciled to God until there is repentance. Yeah, and then the forgiveness is is extended. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, is that? Am I getting where you wanted me to go with that, or is there another? Yeah, point?
0: well, just in also in these conversations, getting them to call in the name of the Lord and i think getting them if you're in a one on one conversation well they've acknowledged their sin yeah. they're repentant yeah. right they they're acknowledging their sin their sorrow they're their sorrow for it and then they're voicing and i never want to do this again that's that's a right. heart of repentance now repentance right. is born out not just in the moment, but also in how we live. Right, we live a yeah. life of repentance, yeah. turning so away from So you're moving sin.
1: over into the next point about submitting one's life fully to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right, if 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 you truly want to know the freedom of forgiveness, that requires submitting your life to the Lord. Yeah, if you're not calling upon Jesus as Lord, you will never know what it means to be forgiven, to have yeah. that burden of your guilt lifted. But as soon as you do, your sins, which were scarlet, are made white as snow. His blood washes away yeah. your sin. And that burden, that that overwhelming burden, that guilt, that self-condemnation and self-hatred, that's removed. The yeah. consequences are not. Not always. Like in David's case. Yeah. He was forgiven. Nathan tells him. God will forgive you. You are God's not going to kill you. You are forgiven, but the baby's going to die. Yeah. There is still a consequence, and um, and I think that's important for people who are experiencing forgiveness to remember that. That yeah. does not mean that God removes the result of your sin. Right. In sometimes he does, but uh, quite frankly, most of the time. I don't think he does. Yeah. Most of the time you do live yeah. with the And that's not really the point,
0: right? The point is that I've offended God. Right. I'm repenting to him and whatever yeah. the consequences may be, they, they, that's what they are. You yeah. Know? And yeah. that to me shows a truly repentant heart. Yeah. Um, but kind of what I was getting at was getting them to right there in front of you, if there's this genuine repentance, mm-hmm getting them to call in the name of the Lord right there rather right. than just saying, do it when you get home. I think the, yeah. that personal accountability where you're standing right there. Now I do shy away from repeat after me, right? Say right. this after me. I shy away from that because I, I don't, do I don't well. really know if that's genuine. Yeah. Like if you're repeating after somebody, call on the name of the Lord. Yeah. I, you know, like you've shared before, I, yeah. I, I tell them it can be as sloppy as, <laughs> as you want yeah. it to be. It ain't got to be in perfect King James English or anything like that. Just pray to the Lord. Confess your sin to him and ask him to save you.
1: Yep. And in your own words. And oftentimes I have often had them say, oh, I can't do that. I'll just can I just say it in my head? (laughs) And I say, well, read this verse. What does Romans 10, 9 say? And, And it says proclaim with your mouth. Yeah. So I think the reason for that. God never makes mistakes. I think that's purposeful. The reason yeah. is if you say it out loud, in front of witnesses even, but even if you're alone in a room, but you're saying it out loud to God, there is a that is a commitment. Yeah. That's and you're oh you're you are not being worried about your image or self consciousness. You're you're speaking to God. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think that's powerful.
0: Yeah, and I think that kinda leads to the next thing here. Mm-hmm. And this is steps to healing, submitting to the authority of a local church. And I think within that includes uh, any local church I'm going to send somebody to is going to include them getting baptized.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And that baptism, I don't believe in baptismal regeneration, that getting baptized is what saves you. It's repentance and faith in Jesus calling on the name of the Lord that saves people. Yeah. But baptism is a public declaration like you talked about, mm-hmm. you're letting everybody know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm submitted to Jesus. Yeah, and we've seen this. We actually had a story. I think we shared on the podcast before that happened not too long ago down in Southern California. Right over right. in Southern California. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, that young lady was uh, you know, chose life for her baby. Surrendered her life to Jesus. Now she um, was not repenting of an abortion. Yeah, but she was baptized. Right, and so that's that's an awesome story. But even these women who do end up giving themselves over to um, the lies of the enemy and have an mm-hmm. abortion, when they repent, put put their lives in Jesus' hands, get baptized, it's this public declaration that I'm. That's my old life has been buried with Christ. Right. My new life, I'm raised out of the waters of baptism to new life, symbolic of their new life with him. And I think that's included in the authority of the local church. Being right. in a local church helps keep that decision for Jesus solidified and helps them stay encouraged and stay accountable right and uh, and be really surrounded by other believers who are you know helping them through their struggles and all that other yeah
1: stuff. yeah it's critical so that and and also it's in the local church where you're going to be discipled yeah, uh, yeah god god will meet you where you are yeah. But he doesn't want us to stay where we are. I know you've heard that. A lot of people of say that. <laughs> and uh, and that's very true. So you're you know that's where that's what God instituted as the way in which we will be discipled and grow is in a family of believers in the local church. Yeah. So yeah, that's really important. And then the final step um I think in in true healing is to now use what has happened to you, the the sin and how it was redeemed. And um, use it to help others. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why there's so many of our counselors who are post-abortive. They, yeah. they really know that that is a really important part of – we don't do it for healing, but that's kind of the bonus yeah, of, absolutely. Of, of what happens if you're out there helping others through. And I told that that man, that stopped today. I said, this is why we're out here, because yeah. we, know, we know what we've done. We know it's wrong. We know the horrible consequences. And part of that healing process is to go and – try to help others not to do yeah. what we did.
0: Well, it's just practically speaking, it's, it's loving your neighbor, right? It's loving your yeah. neighbor as yourself. If you've been down a destructive path yeah, and you've like, for example, for myself being involved in drugs, give myself yeah. to that. If I see someone getting involved in that, I'm going to warn yeah. them of the consequences and mm-hmm. say, God delivered me from that. And I promise you, he don't want you to be involved in that right. stuff. Right. Um, so it's just, Plain just loving our neighbor as ourselves, Mm -hmm. speaking the truth to Mm -hmm. people who ultimately are going to be involved in uh, sinful and destructive things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also, this is one of the reasons why in our applications and things, when we have people that come on board and get our training, our sidewalk training, we ask the question about do they have abortion in their past? Mm -hmm. We ask that question not because we want to probe deeply into their past or anything like that. But we ask that question, it's kind of a yes or no question. Have you had an abortion in your past? And then we ask a qualifier, if you say yes, then have you gotten healing and what has that healing been? Because Mm -hmm. we want people to minister from a place of healing Mm -hmm. rather than the place of hurting, Mm -hmm. because you can't give what you don't have. And so this is just for those of you who are counselors on the sidewalk, whether you're under Love Life or out there under your church or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you haven't gotten healing from a past abortion, Mm -hmm. you should seek that out. You should seek Restored Life as a ministry that we work with that's under Love Life's umbrella. Stephanie Reinhart's wonderful. She'll get you connected. And you can, I think it's lovelife.org slash Restored Life. Either way, you can search. You can Google search that. Um, But that's kind of a side note that if you have an abortion in your past, seek out that healing. Just make sure you come to a place of healing and restoration so you can minister out of that.
1: That's right. And there's online uh, healing resources if, if you know, that's more convenient or, or just all that you're able to do. But yeah. something, something is important. Yeah. Getting some sort of healing is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of ending out this episode of the podcast, you have here um, in the article the flow of the conversation. Right. So can you kind of just knock through that as quick as possible?
1: Okay, so um, – yeah. A great way to just introduce it is just saying, "How are you doing?" Yeah. How are you doing? And that's when she'll give those comments that you can piggyback off of. You know, well, I know it was wrong, but you know, I'm moving on. I will right. often hear that. I'm, I'm, I know I need to just move on. I hear that almost every time, and so because I hear that so frequently, and it's a great comment because it's such a great one to easily then say, you know, you can't move on without acknowledging what has truly happened. And that's how you go into the story of, or the, um, the conviction of sin. Yeah. And, you know, similar to what Nathan did with David, maybe mentioning some verses that talk about the sanctity of life and, um, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Anything that is going to help her to recognize that, um, what she did was, was wrong, was indeed sin. And then, um, uh. Oftentimes, there will start to be some level of remorse, and um, in some women, some women, great remorse, and then you can start to talk about what true repentance looks like and tell them that there is forgiveness. Yeah. Great opportunity then to share the gospel if you haven't already. Share it again. If, if you've shared it once and then they went and aborted— I would say it didn't take.
0: <laughs> in right, other yeah.
1: words, I would question, I would go back to the section of Romans 10, 9, Jesus is Lord. And I will ask them, was he Lord? Was he Lord when you were in there taking the life of your own son or daughter? And I will say it bluntly like that. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll say, no, he wasn't. Um, And so really revisiting what that means. If Jesus is Lord, what that means. What does your changed life look like then? Um, And then talking about the healing post-abortive programs, linking her with them um, if if possible. Uh, I want to reiterate what we mentioned early on, but it's very important. I have heard many people say the advice um, in when you're dealing with a woman who chose life initially and now has turned back to abortion is just show her the love of Jesus. And I say no. That, uh, I, I think that that probably does damage, yeah. in fact. Well,
0: I would say yes, but just what I talked about earlier, showing her the love of Jesus is not just be nice to her. Okay, but right. the love of Jesus is to bring, like, okay, okay, Jesus would be the, the physician that when you walk in with blue spots on your face <laughs> and, a, and a horn growing out of the side of your head because you have some kind of weird disease, he's going to point that out because he loves you, right? right. So right. showing them the love of Jesus is talking about the thing that's. It's obvious, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So a That's lot of times,
0: just right. show them the love of Jesus. Again, people are saying, just be nice. Talk about everything but that. Talk right. about, you know, think about just that.
1: comfort, just yeah. comfort. Yeah. You, and you, I, you I think... walk
0: into the physician's room, into right. the or the doctor walks into the room, and you're sitting there on the on the little bed thing, and he just talks about how much how great you are he talks about how much he loves you and yet meanwhile you you got all this blue these blue spots on your face and a horn growing out of your head and he doesn't talk about the thing that's going to cause you great harm
1: right, right right so just just comforting with with jesus loves you and and yeah just go ahead and move on that that's not what we're called no. to do we are we are called to speak speak truth in in a loving manner and um and so, uh, the re- remember the goal. Uh, remember the goal. It is for not only to help them recognize their sin, just for the purpose of recognizing sin, but the goal is that they would be restored and reconciled to God. Yeah. That is the ultimate goal. And um, and in you know, do whatever you need to do truthfully and lovingly to bring them to an acknowledgment that they need God yeah. and that. They have walked away from him in that act of um, abortion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, good stuff.
1: Yeah, I think so. And
0: it's all put into an article that will be on the Sidewalks for Life website. I have tried to put the links of these articles out as the podcasts have gone out, but I've not always been able to do that. So if the link is not in the show notes of the podcast, go to sidewalksforlife.com. Search post abortive, whatever words would bring this up, you can do it and search pretty easily and find out any mm-hmm. articles that have to do with that. And so, um, hopefully, you guys will be able to get a hold of this article because there's a lot in this article that we didn't cover yeah. um, because we kind of ran out of time mm-hmm. and we think it would be a blessing to you. So, please take advantage of that, read the article. Share the article. Reach out to us like we say in the beginning. You know, We want you to share this podcast. We want you to let us know if there are other things that you'd like a, for us to talk about, mm-hmm. subjects you'd like for us to cover. Daniel at lovelife.org You can reach her at Vicki at lovelife.org We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, God bless.
1: God bless y'all. Give
0: me an outlet for love Give me for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you